Welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Lauren Hansen, an editor at The Week, and today I'd like to talk about America's space race, both then and now. On May 25, 1961, President John F. Kennedy made an impassioned speech to Congress. Finally, if we are to win the battle that is now going on around the world between freedom and tyranny. Kennedy wanted to expand the nation's space agency, but this wasn't just about adventure. It was about beating the Soviets, about restoring America's confidence and leadership in this innovative field. After all, the Soviets were the first to go into space with Sputnik, then they were the first to send a man into the great beyond. It was time for America to catch up, if not surpass, the Soviets entirely. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. It was no doubt ambitious, but Kennedy's pitch wooed Congress and the country. Nassau was soon flooded with more federal money than it knew how to spend. By 1966, funding for the space agency was 4.4% of the government's entire budget. And just three years later, America landed a man on the moon. Today, federal budgetary priorities have shifted. NASA's funding has dwindled from that high of 4.4% to just half a percent. Its ambitions have been significantly downsized as well. But just as NASA's space programs have been shutting down, wealthy entrepreneurs have been stepping up to fill the void. Leading the charge are Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and Tesla CEO Elon Musk. They have each invested hundreds of millions of dollars in private companies that are dedicated to serious space exploration and research, as well as space tourism and other commercial ventures. Bezos and Musk have actually developed a fierce rivalry that's reminiscent of the U.S.-Soviet space race. Jeff Bezos started his spaceflight company, Blue Origin, with the goal of having millions of people living and working in space. He aims to launch space tourists into orbit as soon as 2018. Elon Musk's startup is called SpaceX, and it's been busy launching satellites into orbit and ferrying NASA cargo to and from the International Space Station using its huge Falcon 9 booster rockets. But Elon Musk really has his eyes set on Mars. He's vowed to send an unmanned capsule to the Red Planet within two years. This would conduct experiments and essentially lay the groundwork for landing humans on the planet by 2025. Here's Musk speaking at the International Astronautical Congress last year. There are really two fundamental paths. History is going to bifurcate along two directions. One, one, one path is we stay on Earth forever. Um, and then there will be some eventual extinction event. Um, uh, the alternative is to become a space-faring civilization and a multi-planet species, which uh, I hope you would agree that is the right way to go. I should note that it's still unclear whether it's even safe for civilians to space travel. Among politicians, there's some serious debate over whether private spaceflight should be tightly regulated or not. But for now, the Republican-led Congress is basically granting the new industry a grace period while it works through its growing pains. 
For their part, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are just forging ahead. Both companies made history in 2015 by launching computer-controlled booster rockets that relanded on Earth. This was something even NASA hasn't achieved. Up until now, boosters have always separated from their cargo and plummeted into the sea, discarded after a single launch. But if we're able to bring the rockets back safely for reuse on subsequent missions, well, the cost of space experiments and explorations just got substantially lower. But Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos aren't the only astropreneurs in the space race. Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen is bankrolling the design of the largest plane ever built with a wingspan of 385 feet. This would be used as an aerial launch pad for satellites and spacecraft. And of course, British magnate Richard Branson was probably the first apostle of space tourism with Virgin Galactic, which he bills as the world's first commercial space line. Though Branson had to take a space hiatus after his ambitious eight-passenger space plane crashed during a test in 2014, killing the pilot. Apparently, though, Branson is back in the game testing a new space plane nicknamed Unity. It is a crowded field, but it looks like Elon Musk has so far taken the lead in this private space race. That's because SpaceX rockets regularly reach orbital space, and Bezos hasn't made that giant leap yet. But that doesn't mean he isn't trying to catch up. In June 2016, his Seattle-based company, Blue Origin, broke ground on a new, reusable rocket factory in Florida. He dreams not just of landing people on Mars, but also of relocating energy-intensive heavy industry there. And actually, Bezos may not be concerned with being a frontrunner. In fact, Blue Origin's mascot is a tortoise. Here, Bezos explains. Uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. After all, it's not all glory when you are at the front. Elon Musk and his SpaceX have suffered some of the most high-profile failures. In September 2016, a Falcon 9 exploded on its Cape Canaveral launch pad just before a routine engine firing test. No one was injured in the blast, but it did destroy some very precious cargo, Facebook's $200 million Amos 6 satellite, which was designed to provide internet service to the developing world. But each company, SpaceX and Blue Origin, soldier on, experimenting and breaking grounds. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell your friends, or give us a rating or review on iTunes. I'm Lauren Hansen, and thank you so much for listening. Music